0: Tradeswork, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVille. Our guest today is Jason Galden, and is a partner of Oak Rose Group, a strategy consulting firm that specializes in education, workforce development, and economic mobility. He draws upon 25 years of professional experience in varying roles, executive leadership, philanthropy, communications, grassroots advocacy, research and writing, fund development, and nonprofit board development. From 2015 to 2020, he worked with America Succeeds, a national network of business leaders focused on modernizing the nation's education system. He co-authored the report, The Age of Agility, Education Pathways for the Future of Work. The initiative empowers business leaders, educators, and policymakers to better prepare students for the new workforce and economy. He has also recently become an education fellow at the Common Sense Institute. Jason, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me, Dave. Well, let's jump in. I'm pretty excited to have you as a guest on our show today, especially given one of your recent articles I'm going to reference in just a minute. As one of the biggest issues facing our industry in construction and service is workforce development, and that's what we're here to talk about today. By the numbers, in 2030, Colorado's construction industry workforce demand is projected to grow by 26%. That translates to needing 50,000 more workers. By all accounts, that's a conservative estimate as it does not account for replacing the approximate 20% of our workforce that is now 55 years of age and older. How do we face this challenge? Well, we're lucky that Jason is here and is an education fellow at the Common Sense Institute. He recently authored a fantastic column in the Carlsbad Springs Gazette titled, Moving Beyond College for All. You can find that article online at thegazette.com, and it was posted on July 24th. Your recent article, uh, Jason, was really spot on for us and for our listeners, Uh and for those of you who haven't had a chance to read it again, I would encourage you to do so. Moving beyond college, tell us what the genesis for that was, and you know, kind of how that came, that piece came to be. Sure,
1: it's um, it's a hot topic nowadays. Um, even more so, I think the the pandemic really revealed a lot of our societal and economic uh, weaknesses, and this being one of them, um, we had just these kind of. Tragic breakdowns in supply chain and availability of products and all of that is a result of having crippled our country with too few skilled trade workers or or folks in technical fields because um, a couple decades ago or excuse me a couple generations ago, we kind of bought this college for all mindset, this college for all mantra, and as a result we 've been doing ourselves a disservice. not enough kids are. Exposed to, encouraged, and have opportunities to go into skilled trades and technical fields, and frankly, that's that's crippling our country. We have a skills gap that is persistent and pronounced, and we got to do something about it. So I wanted to kind of talk about that issue, but I want to be clear. I say moving beyond college for all, not not moving beyond college. It's not that college doesn't have value. I. Got a college degree and has been very, very helpful to me. But I have a family full of brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews, my friends, my family, the people in my community, many, many, many of whom would have benefited from having a quality skills trade track that they could have opted into to pursue their ambitions. Because guess what? I'm not I'm not shy to say it. College is not for all. To be clear. I think every kid should graduate high school prepared to go to college. They should be prepared for whatever it is that they choose to be their next step in life. College, some sort of other post-secondary training or technical school directly into the workforce. Our K-12 system should prepare every individual to make the next step of their choice. But I just think we've been barraged with this message of everyone needs to go to college to be successful in. I'm sorry that's just not true. There are some fantastic jobs that are well paying, high demand, upwardly mobile that needs filling and we don't have the people to fill them.
0: Yeah, I think you hit on a key point. One of the things that, you know, folks really struggle with is if they can't see it or don't see it they can't see themselves in it. And so with this kind of movement of vocational or hands-on training out of the K-12 system, we've really lost a whole generation or two, as your article notes, yeah. about, you know, kind of visibility into what's possible other than a four-year track. Yeah. And we agree. I mean, college is not for all, but college – has a place in our field specifically in more of the technical engineering components that's right I mean we're going to have to have folks in our trades that have that college experience, but you know really without that visibility into what is a welder, what is a plumber, what is an hVAC technician, what do they do, what do they work on you know students that are kind of contemplating what's next for them don't have that pathway revealed for them. And that's an important piece. What they need is exposure
1: and exploration. They need an opportunity to see what's out there, the full spectrum of career opportunities. And they need experience, hands-on learning opportunities so that they get to feel out what they like, what they don't like, what they're interested in. Um, Jamie Cassip, formerly his role was his. Actual title: Education Evangelist for Google, um, but he had the this saying. He said, "It's time to stop asking kids what they want to be when they grow up. Let's start asking them what problems they want to solve." Hmm. And that's a different context that that gets the brain going in a different way. And I happen to agree with that. You just you got to make it relevant, make it tangible for young folks. And frankly, I think you need to go upstream and start you know showing kids what's what the possibilities are, what the broader world looks like at earlier ages.
0: So do you think we've learned our lesson? I would say no.
1: I don't think we've learned our lesson. I don't think we've moved beyond college for all because theoretically everyone gets it. Anyone in business Anyone looking at the economy, everyone looking at the difficulty in finding services, the weeks and sometimes months backlog to get an H- HVAC tech to your house, everyone sees the practical implications and the struggle we've we're in, but then when you personalize it to one's own family, oh but my kid's going to college. Now I believe that everyone should have their own track, but my kid's going to college because most people psychologically Still can't get beyond that barrier. Why? Because we as a society, as a country, we did such a good job selling the idea that education is the key. That is correct. Education, training, experience is the key, but one size doesn't fit all. It doesn't mean necessarily a traditional four-year college degree, or it doesn't mean necessarily a four-year college degree right after high school. There, there, there's just other pathways to success and fulfillment. We did such a good job selling colleges, the key that most folks are still struggling to get out of that mindset. So I think we have a lot of work to do.
0: So what do you think one or two items might be in order to propel or solve for that? Like what can we be doing and thinking about? Well, it'd be nice to
1: get out of crisis mode. Right now, employers are just scrambling. They're just putting Band-Aids on the problem, getting talent however and wherever they can find it. But uh, it'd be better if we took a longer-term, thoughtful, systemic approach. And there's some folks doing that. Shout-out to Cherry Creek School District. Shout-out to St. Vrain School District that are doing some really great stuff. Uh, But frankly, there's some disparity there. And I'm worried about these opportunities reaching, frankly, the folks who need it most, uh, populations who have just less access to these kinds of opportunities. And so we've got to do a lot more and we've got to embed it in the system. I don't think the trades track or technical field should be something other than or different than or less than a college preparatory track. To your point, we need the, that brain power. We need the engineers. We need the chemists. We need that brain power, but how are we going to get it if we're not exposing these kids to the opportunities to learn?
0: Yeah. So, what do you think construction and service industry needs to do to take on or tackle that persona or that image issue?
1: A couple things. One, the construction industry's got to do a better job of defining itself because right now there's too much of that old lingering perception that these are dirty, dangerous jobs. When in fact, technology has moved us so far along that, yeah, there's still some ditch digging to do. Of course, there are some dirty jobs, but technology has made it safer and uh, the pay is actually good. You're not going into some you know perpetual poverty situation. The, the industry, particularly the construction and building trades, they got to do a better job showing all the great opportunities. And and again, when I say jobs, I'm putting a qualifier on it. I'm saying in-demand, well-paying, and upwardly mobile. I don't agree with CTE programs that have this overemphasis on, frankly, entry-level jobs where kids get stuck. Clerks in the hospitality industry, housekeeping. In Louisiana, at one point, they were handing out canine care certificates what What is that going to do in real life what is, what is that's not equivalent to equality yeah. so uh, we 've got a lot of work to do. Uh, I think organizations here locally are doing great stuff Colorado succeeds is a fantastic coalition of business leaders. Um, they work at the state capitol they push policy last legislative session they just passed um, i believe it was um, House bill one forty that 's a pilot program where they 've set aside. I think it's a $4 million fund they're going to put out an RFP. Businesses can apply to get grant money, not loans, grant money to set up their businesses to better accommodate and host work-based learning. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a chance for businesses to set up the infrastructure they need to host high school students at their workplace to give them work-based learning experience. I think that's a great innovation, and shout-out to Colorado Succeeds
0: for doing it. Yeah, they're a great partner, and we enjoy working with them uh, throughout this legislative session and the last couple. They've really yep. moved the ball in workforce development and, work- and job-skilling right. uh, opportunities.
1: And, and to your point, like what can industry do? They need to recognize, as Colorado Succeeds says, that uh, great schools are good is good business. Mm. So it affects your Practical business bottom line to be more engaged in the education system. I'm one who believes, despite the controversial nature of it, I just believe that business should be at the table every time an education policy decision is being made. It's important. Business is the end user of what the education system produces, and it only makes sense they have the better forecast, they know the skills and capabilities that are needed. And they need to be in the loop uh, as we're crafting education tracks and
0: curriculum and programs. Those are great points. So tell me what bright spots or good news are you seeing in your travels? There, there, there are some
1: bright spots. Um, I think the tighter the loop, the closer the relationship between industry and education, the better. And what I mean is again, that seat at the table with business actually informing what they need and what they project to need, those are the best programs. Um, So where there's alignment between what the education system is, is producing and what the workforce actually needs. Do I think the education system is just some simple factory model to churn out workers to the workforce? No. Public education is meant for more than that. There is a civic piece. There is a character-building piece. There's all the life experiences. But at the end of the day, uh, most people, for success and fulfillment, will have a job. Mm -hmm. And they should be well-trained for those jobs. One other bright spot, the organization America Succeeds, which is the national outgrowth of of Colorado Succeeds, and now they're working in multiple states. Um, They just released another report. It's called Durable Skills. And it's talking about all of the non-technical skills needed to succeed in the workplace. That is the other competencies, that's communication, creativity, collaboration. That is the core elements of showing up on time, interpersonal communication skills. It's so important. In fact, they did a survey of over 84 million companies, looked at job descriptions, looked at all of what business says it needs. And uh, seven of the top 10 skills are not even technical. There's mm-hmm. these, what some people call life skills, what some people call 21st century skills. I like America Succeeds term that they've coined durable skills because it's the thing, it's, it's the skill set, the capabilities uh, that last you throughout a career.
0: Yeah, I'll have to give that a read. One thing that uh, you know we've done as an industry, and we need to do a better job. Back to your point on, you know, kind of uh, telling our story. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have invested significant dollars uh, at the association level, and a lot of time building out a model called the Western States College of Construction, Mm -hmm. and in that model we have turned uh, each one of our campuses into one of the satellite campuses to deliver not only that apprenticeship education, but hopefully here soon one day be able to couple that with a certificate and or a diploma um, that will be uh, an associate's degree. And how we're going to get there is really important because what people don't understand in an apprenticeship program is you go to school and have learning that is two times what you get in a four-year bachelor's program yep. from the number of hours required. Yep. And so when folks look at you know the trades as either a fallback or a lesser than uh, option, I would submit to them they need to take a look at the hours required, both on the job learning and in the classroom learning, and we overshadow by far, what a bachelor's degree uh, requires of a typical student. Uh, and I think that's an important factor that we have not done a good enough job articulating. Great
1: point. I'm just much less concerned with whether or not there is a credential assigned by an institution of higher learning connected to that, that certificate. I, what I want to know is, does industry know it? Does it respect it? Does it appreciate it? That's really what I want to know. I'm not saying there's not a place for college and the credentialing they offer. I'm just saying let's put first things first. Is the student, the worker, the opportunity seeker, are they well-trained? Do they have the knowledge, skills, and abilities needed to succeed? And when I say succeed, I don't mean that as a, as a static one-time thing. I mean to succeed in an upwardly mobile career. And that's what I'm concerned about.
0: Yeah, and I think we not only offer that both at our apprenticeship training centers, but we have a lifelong learning model that gives everybody the opportunity to come back and become, you know, once a plumber, tomorrow you can be uh, an estimator, you can be a project manager, and we have the education. Those are just two examples, but we have the education tracks to be able to add that learning to their upward Mobility, as you say, right. and earning potential. That's right. Um, Let,
1: let's let's. You know, part of it is a straightforward mathematical exercise. Right. What is the value proposition? If if you're going to spend that money and go into debt, uh, going to college, then yes, go for it. Make it worth your while. However, uh, for the far too many cases, and sorry, there is a there is a delineation, and it's and it falls along racial lines of folks who are getting deeply indebted for college, often not completing college, even when they do, some often having a degree that's not quite worth what they thought it was in the real workplace, in the real uh, workforce. It's, it's a bad value proposition for a lot of people. For some, it's great, and I encourage that. I support it. I'm a beneficiary of that. Fantastic. But for a lot of people, they got to do the math and see which is the better value proposition, perhaps the apprenticeship track where you're not only – uh, not having to borrow money, but you're actually earning money. You're
0: earning, and you're learning, and you're on a career track. Agreed. You're speaking to the choir. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. So talk to us. What's next on your plate? What What does the future hold for you here?
1: I'm super excited to have been chosen as um, an education fellow at Common Sense Institute, uh, where I'll get to uh, do a lot of research and writing on my favorite topic, which is education. And when I say education, uh, I should be more specific, education and workforce. Uh, that's, that's really um, what makes sense to me. I'll do some updates to some previous reports that, that they've done, like the data and dollars report, uh, which just kind of does a, a objective measure on where we're spending the money and kind of what's uh, happening uh, mm-hmm. in the education system. Uh, they did a report a few years back, and i want to I want to rejuvenate that report. i want to take a, a second look at it. Uh, it was entitled "What if we Make Colorado number One in Education? What would be the long term economic effects of mm. of just making Colorado the best state in the nation to go to k twelve education I think that's an exciting idea. I think we can punch some new numbers in that and get some fresh perspective on it.
0: Great. CSI is very lucky to have you and your expertise, and uh, I look forward to reading uh, your work here. So any final thoughts as we close out? Well, first of
1: all, it's just a fun conversation. I love having uh, this conversation with anybody willing to have it because uh, it's important. I think it's the critical issue in our society right now. We have to you know, it's not education for education's sake. It's education to make a whole human being. And we're not not—we're just not being honest if we continue this college for all mindset and mantra that leaves so many students falling through the cracks. Uh, so let's seal up that crack and get everybody on a pathway to success
0: and fulfillment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I recently read an article that Denver Public Schools produced that said 24% of their students go on to four-year institutions. My question is, where's the 76% going? And I think what you're talking about will help solve that, or at least help us pave pathway for some of that 76% to be able to uh, enter the workforce with the credentials and or the skill needed for that mobility. I think that's important. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. OK. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jason, uh, for joining us today. That is the end of our show. Please stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our communities, building our skylines, building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.